This is Dungeon Not Included, the actual play podcast for the adventurous listener. Welcome to Dungeon Not Included. Uh, this week we're starting our game of Tears of a Machine SC with Russell Collins, the creator of said game, running it for us in an exclusive. <laughs> That's right. Very exclusive. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Russell. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. It's great to be here. Um, you know, I'm really excited. The game's going to be kickstarting shortly. So uh, <laughs> got all those fun, fun pre, pre-game jitters going on. But uh, yeah. no, it's going to be a good time. Cool. Um, it- you may notice that we are missing Alex right now. But, uh, he is busy. So Russell is taking his place. Because as soon as it- someone gets ill or falls behind, we leave them behind. That's right. <laughs> like a classic wow. adventuring party. He's well, left in the lurch. Well, you know, Frank finally got him. So that's right. It's only a matter of time. I, I do like this alternate reality game we are establishing <laughs> that pits me and Alex against each other, and that's I, it's fine. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, bring up the elephant in the room. Uh, can anyone see Russell? I cannot. Oh, no. no. Okay, good. I, was... <laughs> Wait, what's I thought happened? it was me. Something you... odd. Your your screen went all kooky a minute ago. What did you do um, to me? No, wait. Now I'm looking at my screen and it's all black, but I can still hear you. What have you done? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Alex's revenge from the grave. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. See, you spoke um, ill of him. And yeah. now he will not be replaced. Back. Things are slowly returning to normal on my screen, so let's see if okay, if, uh, good, good. My computer, I can't see you, but this is an audio medium, so perhaps yeah. we should continue on and hope the problem resolves itself. Yeah. So for those of you who only are listening to the podcast and not the live video stream on Twitch, uh, you're not going to know what we're talking about, but it is deeply uninteresting. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I am excited to play this game. Uh, I am excited. Uh, for Russell to come run it for us because I don't know what level Kickstarter pledge it will take for Russell to come personally run the game for you, but we got in early, so we got it. Right. We gotta, yeah. We're good. I didn't put that on the rewards list. Now I'm thinking, no. okay, well. consider it. <laughs> yeah. Make it like $10,000, and then when somebody does it, you'll be really surprised. <laughs> really surprised, but just a little creeped out because right. who has $10,000? Come to my home and run this game for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll 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 uh we'll sort something out. Wow, yeah, my camera. Now I can see it. Oh boy. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuss with that a bit. But uh okay. in the in the meantime, let's see what we can do to uh uh to to fix things. Yeah, I do like getting commands from a uh an unknown, unseeable person. Um uh, so have you how you you've both played Tears of the Machine. Uh, the first edition, right? Yeah. Uh, as, I'm as, sure uh, I did, but I don't remember. <laughs> I have. I don't. I literally done... don't remember what we played last week. I don't. <laughs> right. it, it was the Dracula game. Never mind. I got it. <laughs> I have some. I have done some play testing for this edition, and I will say yeah. I like it. Um, I play tested an early edition of this, 
that was not called Tears of a Machine at the time. Oh, well, Mr. Lottie Da. <laughs> yeah. Exclusive. Uh, I don't know if we're adding Russell back just as audio. Hi. How are you? I'm back as audio. I'm trying to get the video going. We'll see. We'll see if, right. it, if it plays yeah. fair. Um, but well, at any rate. Rebel said, this is a podcast, so it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I will say I'm not a big fan of mechanics where you have to keep track of a bunch of numbers. So I will say I enjoy this version a little bit more than the last one. That being said, I think they're both wonderful games. Mm -hmm. but, uh, oh, well, thank you. You're yeah. welcome. And moving in the proper direction in terms of uh, liking the next edition more than the last. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm going to stick with audio for right now. I promise I'll try to fix my camera, but let's just uh, let's just move forward before I slow us down with technical mm. nonsense. All right. right. You'll be the, the Charlie of our Charlies. Well, yes. and it, you, this this all <laughs> failed as soon as we went live. You were fine before we went live. Yeah. I could I'm, see Russell the whole time. You have yeah. to believe me. We just wanna, want you to all know that Russell is a real human being, <laughs> most right. likely. Like we're, yeah, right. we, <laughs> it's not just some weird ploy to get you to listen to this. The game was not written by an AI. It was written by a person. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next sequel, anyway. Oh, nice. Uh, all right. Yeah, and this definitely is not a secret bonus for our ARG. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta get in on that. If the Jeez. camera comes in and it's Alex sitting there, <laughs> tenting his fingers, <laughs> so you thought you could role play without me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right. So let's well, let keep me, going. Yeah. Let me uh, uh, begin. So what we're gonna do today is this is sort of our session zero. So we're gonna be setting up our game to play. We'll maybe do a little bit of you know mechanics and gameplay stuff at the end of that. But our real focus tonight is to get our game uh, uh, prepared, you know, know the, the history and background, uh, make some adjustments to that, set up some like story seeds, some, you know, some ideas around that. And of course, make our pilot characters and they are totally cool giant robots. So nice. to begin, I will uh, tell you all the tale of a, of a near future, semi-related to our own future, potentially, but we shall see. So in, uh, you know, in the settings of the Tears of a Machine, it is a giant robot, you know, a mecha drama game, giant robots and, uh, you know, emo, uh, emo young, young people. Um, but in my historical setup, we have sort of a near future world. Um, you know, Earth is on the verge of, uh, uh, you know, economic and societal collapse. We've got all kinds of disasters going on in the, uh, the environment. Uh, countries going to war over, you know, uh, uh, depleted resources, all, all that fun stuff. And then some visitors arrive from space. Uh, they call themselves the Legulus. They um, basically rescue humanity. They begin distributing, you know, infinite energy and matter transformation and, you know, and free resources and all, all that kind of stuff. And Sounds what they like ask... a sweet gig. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty sweet. But there's a price, of course, to everything. Uh and their price is that uh, humanity should abandon our mortal forms and join them in their um, their neural network computer system. So we should, you know, stop being human and start being part of the Legulus. Some people think that's awesome. They jump at the chance. 
some other people think that's pretty horrific and they start to push back against it, which leads to all kinds of conflict that gets more and more heated and pitched. And then as it explodes into violence between different factions of humans, the Legulus say, okay, this was obviously a bad idea. Humanity is not ready for our, our uh, uh, way of thinking. So goodbye. They fly off back into the stars taking several million people with them as their, you know, their, their devoted followers or whatever. And, uh, and they're gone and things are, things are fine for about 10 years. We got a nice little bit of breathing room from, you know, from suddenly having all that free energy and, you know, and, and resources and so on. Uh, and then, uh, the Legulus come back, uh, but they come back different. They're not uh, the same visitors from the stars here to, you know, lift us up and rescue us. Instead, they order us to join their collective. And, you know, they're not taking no for an answer. They begin to drop giant robots out of the sky onto major cities. They as smash open, <laughs> as you do, as you do. They smash open the buildings. They send hordes of insect-shaped robots in their wake to go pluck all the survivors from the rubble and shove them in cocoons and fly them back up into space and plug them into their giant matrix neural network computer on the moon. And, you know, and that's basically the fate of humanity until some of Earth's uh, most advanced scientists are able to reverse engineer some of those giant robot weapons that the, uh, that the, well, now called the Venator, that the Ven are using against us. So with that, we create the Saints. Um, that's the Symbiotic Android Interface. That's the, the cute, the cute acronym for, you know, for our giant robot machines, the symbiotic Android interface, the saints. The and one of the things, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yes. And one of the important features of the saints is that it's uh, similar to the, the Ven weapons. It has that sort of neural link connection to stuff. Um, the cool side to that being that anybody who can properly interface with a saint can basically become the brain inside the body of this gigantic war machine. Um, downside being that only certain brains can interface. Some of that we're not quite sure why it works, but some of it has to do with neural plasticity, which is, you know, the, the neural plasticity is, is stronger in younger people. So as a result, the, um, the new United Nations Preservation Force goes all around the world uh, in, you know, uh, uh, interviewing young people and uh, uh, testing their neural connectivity to see if they can become part of the preservation force and pilot a saint to defend the earth against raids from the Venator. And that's uh, basically where our, our pilots come in. You are all young people uh, aged between 17 and 21. On your 21st birthday, you age out of the program and you are released. Um, and you will be piloting these giant robots to defend the Earth. So that's your, your basic setup. Uh, yeah. Any questions I about that? So reason far? for big robot fights, it seems like. So. Yeah. 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 Everybody's got to have their, um, you know, this is part of the thing uh, you realize when you sit down and you start writing your own giant robot stuff is you got to figure out kind of how do you rationalize what goes on? Like, how do I fit into the continuity? And fortunately, I have been reading some stuff about neuroplasticity anyway. And I'm like, ooh, look, this works. So now I've got my excuse for, you know, putting 18-year-olds uh, behind the controls of a giant, giant death <laughs> machine. So there we have it. <laughs> right. Yep.
Nice. All right. So the first thing that we have to do to kind of make this our own story, to make it our own game, is we're going to pick out our themes and set the tone for the themes. Uh, if you are in the roll 20 of the game, yeah. you will see there is a handout in the handouts list called Subjects and Tone. Right now it looks pretty bare. I actually have it open on my screen to edit, mm -hmm. so you might not see much of anything there, really. Um, but what we have in far as far as uh, uh, subjects and tone, you can kind of think of them as sort of the the, the sliders or the um, the focus uh, uh, concepts for the game. Um, I'm I'm in, I live in deathly fear of sitting down to play an RPG session and having no idea what to do. So these are there as a, a little bit of a, a idea fodder as a way to sort of set up the um, set up the, 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 the stories and the subjects and the questions and answers and all that kind of thing to get a session going. Um, and since there are kind of big elements that go into a giant robot show, we're going to decide what our, what are our focus elements? What are the most important parts of a giant robot show to us? All right. Oh, man. Um, so we just uh, pitch out uh, just basically the broad things that we think are important to us and discuss amongst ourselves? Well, yeah. sort of. Sort of. Oh. We actually, what we can do is first we're going to sort of set the priority of the big, but I have the big three subjects here. And then we're going to be using that to then sort of pitch our ideas and build out our, our story ideas and our, like, our you know, first, first big uh, uh, plot elements. Mm, I get it. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing, like I said, we want to sort of set our, our big three. So the big three in any giant robot show, and I know because I've watched thousands of hours of mecha <laughs> anime in order to prepare for this, are uh, the pilots, the preservation force, and the saints. Yeah. Now the okay. pilots are, you know, the pilots, the kids, the young people, their relationships, the people close to them, the stuff that's about them. When you're watching a pilot-focused episode, you know, they're going to class and they're having a falling out with their friend, you know, and we're worried about, like, you know, their relationship with their mom back home, that kind of thing. So, you know, that when we talk about the pilots as a subject in the game, you know, we if we if we focus on them, then that's the kind of story that happens. Uh, the preservation force is kind of the world beyond the pilots. I use them as kind of a stand-in for all the big energies and powers in the world. This is when we're talking about the politics of things. These are those episodes where it's more about like, you know, the military operation of the world around the pilots. And, you know, what does the news media think of these uh, giant robots and these young people piloting them and all that kind of thing? And my third subject is the saints. And that covers everything that's even further beyond that. That's the weird tech, the matter, transmission, fusion, power, um, neural network controlled robots, um, and also the Venator and the Legulus. You know, they're, they're part of that strange world of outer space super science stuff. So what we want to do is basically decide uh, the priority of these three things. Do we want a game that's focused on the weird cosmic stuff? Then we say, okay, saints, top priority. Do we want something that's a little more about like the the ins and outs of day-to-day -day lives and, you know, who's um, doing well in math class and who's, you know, going to have to 
make up, uh, you know, with their their mom for missing their birthday or whatever. Then we're you know we're we're pilot focused, and the stuff in the middle, of course, the military stuff. There we are. We're preservation force focused. Now this isn't set in stone. We're not fixing this forever. This is kind of what do we want to see out of our first storyline? When we finish our first storyline, we're actually going to go back through these steps and we're going to say again, okay, where's our focus now? What do we want? What stories do we want to see? Do we want to see stories about the people, about the the factions, or about the weirdness? Okay. Um, I'm always uh, a very character-focused player, so I think mm -hmm. for me, the pilots would probably be top priority. And uh, that's actually my number one as also. Same. All right. Okay. That was cool. easy. That's yep. easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good place to start. In in the book, I actually recommend if you don't know where else to go, start with pilots. Start with the okay. people. Start from the ground from the ground up. You know, um, the other things are going to come in and out. Like if you uh, you know if you watch any of the giant robot shows, it usually does start with the kids or whoever, and then we find out about the the factions and the secret machinations and the conspiracy theories and all that junk that comes in later. And that's when you know we we shift our our focus. All right. Yeah. Well, in, in light of that, do we want to look at the preservation force or the saints as being kind of our secondary focus? Well, I, I know which one I would choose, and I think uh, yep. I'm interested in that strange and experimental technology. So I, I would say the saints. I was thinking preservation force. Mm -hmm. I was thinking preservation force because I don't. There's something about like this is the MacGuffin. This is the fictional thing that's just making the story happen mm -hmm. that I, I like about science fiction and I don't like it explained too much or, or too much the focus of the story. Hmm. That being said, I'd love me some giant robots. So I don't mind it being second. Um, a rebel, I think I stepped on you. So if you want it to be, I, you could be the tiebreaker as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm, I'm into the um, giant robots personally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move we'll that. Let's put the Saints Fine, in. Frank, you lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Role-playing games are about who wins and who loses. <laughs> no, that's right. So angry. Dominating your fellow players. Dragons. <laughs> it was advanced. <laughs> well, let me uh, also point out that actually this, none of this is like uh, restrictive. You know, just because we've put the pilots first, that doesn't mean we're not going to hear about the, you know, the world of politics or whatever. You know, if a storyline comes up and someone says, "Ooh, I think it's really awesome to figure out what the, you know, how is my pilot perceived by the news media after, a, you know, a thing or whatever, you know, we can follow that trail. This is just to sort of help me prime the pumps and know where we want to or where we think we want to start our focus. And, you know, we'll, we'll shift around. So none of this means that, oh, we won't do that. What it does mean is that, you know, we're already thinking along certain lines of what we what we would like to see. You know, yeah. if I draw a blank, I'm going to go look at this list and say, uh, they want to hear about their pilots. So let's make up a thing about someone's background and their relationships and their best friends doing what and that kind of thing. Oh, cool. So we've got our priority. Now, another thing we want to decide is our tone. Uh, this can sometimes be a little, little wishy-washy, but I think it's important to track it out because it's um, one of the big deciders, like the difference between, um, say, Neon Genesis Evangelion and Gundam comes down a lot to the tone of things. What do we see in a positive light? What do we see in a negative light? Um, again, this isn't a restriction. This doesn't mean that if, if we make the story of the preservation force, you know, all negative, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody there is bad and we hate them. It means that we want to 
see stories in which it's that that you know those organizations are cast in a negative light and we have to be worried about them and maybe part of our story is trying to turn something from a negative into a positive um, or you know it's about seeing something in a positive light and then the story is about oh no it turns out that underneath it all this is not so good as we once thought um, so we want to go back through each of these these three subjects and we want to give each one a tone of positive or negative so let's start with pilots. Obviously, positive pilots means we're going to be focusing more on, you know, good relationships, people getting along with each other, friendly rivalries, that kind of thing. If we're looking, if we think that we want to see more of that in a negative light, then pilots are outsiders. Um, you know, it's a little more Neon Genesis Evangelion. Everybody's relationships are fraught. You know, uh, <laughs> you, uh, uh, yeah, you're the outsider situation. Uh, you just had a bad falling out with somebody or whatever. Again, that's not going to be every relationship, but it means that the, the, you want to, you want to see some of those challenges come up first. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I kind of like both. Um, I, I obviously it's, it yeah. can go both ways throughout, but, um, do either of you two have a preference? Um, I'd say probably positive for pilots. I think, uh, I mean, this is a comedy podcast, so we should have at least <laughs> So for the first time, we're all going to get along? Is that what you're saying, Rebel? For the first time in 60-something episodes, we're going to actually figured out what Rebel's uh, <laughs> character is yet, so. <laughs> I just mean, like, I mean, the... Levity has to come from somewhere, right? Yeah. And I yeah. don't know that it's going to come from our other two sources. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Fair All enough. Right. We're, we're, we're a family. We rely on each other. Positive. They're <laughs> yes. family. Things are positive. Good. So let's look at the saints. Are they seen currently in a positive or negative light? In a positive light where we've, we're talking about like the awesome stuff that, that space age technology is doing for us. In a negative light, everybody is worried about what's going to go wrong with this yeah. stuff. Everything's highly experimental. People are are, are nervous. Uh, you know, uh, uh, pilots are viewed with some measure of suspicion because what's with all this super psychic power and neural computer networks? And you know, positive yeah. of course is you know everything's great and dandy and everybody loves the the modern convenience afforded them by stolen technology from the stars. No, it's got to be negative. Yeah. We need to have a. We, yeah. we need this to be creepy and weird. No, it's negative. All right. All right. I mean, like, like to add on to Frank's point, I'm not negating yeah. you. I agree with you. Uh, mm -hmm. These aliens were like, you want to be transhumanist and join our neural network, and we were like, no, thanks. Bye. And they were like, you're going to be in our neural network. And so, yeah. so I think that's kind of a... It's, I, 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 think, I don't think I, people have great feelings about it. I would love it, though, if humans were just like, yeah, they try to get us to give up our bodies and we said no, but we took all their stuff anyways. It's oh, really right. cool. <laughs> kind of... <laughs> And it's really cool. <laughs> and it's really cool. We just spend all our days playing Dave from Rick and Morty. We're just playing. We're going into their neural net, but we're just playing the game, and we're not actually joining their collective. Just like jerks. No, I think I think it should be creepy and hurtful okay. and scary. Right. Yeah. So we'll look. We'll look at the strange experimental technology in in a in a, uh, 
a negative sense. All right, cool. So the preservation force, which as I said, kind of represents the politics, the factions, the organizations of people, you know, beyond the pilot's immediate world. Are we looking at them as a positive or a negative? Uh, in a I positive people Brendan, react. Hmm? Sorry. I, sorry, I just think Brendan should weigh in. Oh, yeah. I should decide this one is what you're saying? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Since but, you guys uh, kind of I'll decided let, the other two. So, <laughs> what, we're winning role playing. So I know. Just, what's what's a uh what's a story without conflict i think negative yeah sure okay so it's so, yeah, us against the world basically kind of yeah i mean that might be part of the thing when we look at the preservation force and we kind of consider their relationship to be negative um that can be people are suspicious of this united nations task force that for some reason has you know anti-gravity technology and you know, uh, uh, world destroyer robots that they won't share. Um, but it, you know, could also relate to, to, um, to other things kind of within that, like how does the preservation force view the world? Are they being, uh, uh, put out by all this stuff? Is it, uh, uh you know, an antagonistic relationship back and forth? Uh, one of the things I do mention about the preservation force is that even though they are kind of a United Nations thing, they are hands off in anything that isn't related to a Venn attack. If the Venn, attack a city preservation force flies in beats back the invaders puts out the fires you know sets up the medical tents tries to you know clear things away but that's kind of it if they then lift off and everybody decides to you know start fighting each other over the the food supply that's not that's not your deal so that can lead to some pretty strained relationships between the preservation force and the rest of the world as far as where where you fit politically and and so on you know, but that's part of the, that's part of the deal. They don't, people don't want you to be able to send these giant super robots that only, you know, how to control into these situations. You get to strike this lovely balance that we can play with someday down the line. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. So one of the next steps we want to do is we want to actually take these ideas. And like you said, Frank, we want to come up with some story ideas that can kind of spin out of them. Um, I refer to these as kind of themes because they're like the theme of our story, et cetera, is this, that, the other thing. Uh, what I like to do is based on sort of the, the priority of things, let's see if we can come up with three themes that fit under the idea of the pilots and then two for the saints and one for the preservation force. So we can kind of like, you know, have our story ideas, but show our priority there. Um, so let me give you a couple examples of what I'm talking about. I mean, I imagine some people already have some ideas of things they would like they would like to do. Um, but what I have sort of as a, a, a examples of themes is if we're looking at the pilots and we're looking at it in a positive light, then we want to you know deal with those kinds of hey day to day uh, lighter subjects. You know, um, how can the pilots ref refine their strategies to work together better? Who's going to win the track meet? Who's going to go to the prom with me? You know, this is this is the lighter side of life as a pilot. So we can there's come up a, with a couple of... Mm -hmm. There's a Venn attack on the Pacific coast and promise tomorrow and I don't have a dress. <laughs> Could be a thing, yeah. Yeah, the like sort of... It's, let's talk about that. So like the... Uh, uh, let's I do like prom. I, hmm? I do I, like prom as being... Uh, yeah. A, a thing we're concerned about who will go to prom with me or 
Just just in general, just prom is coming. <laughs> prom is coming. Prom is coming. <laughs> it's, just, it's like the anti-Game of Thrones. Yes. Prom is coming. <laughs> very nice, very nice. All right. I'm going to put down the theme, and the prom is tomorrow mm. as, a, as a subject, as a theme we could play with. I like that. Um, I'm sort of into, uh, like, we're maybe we're like the underdog class of pilots and we mm. got to prove ourselves in like the sports thing, <laughs> whatever sports <laughs> tournament they have for pilots. No, I like volleyball. that. Yeah. 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 It's volleyball. So, uh, pilot volleyball. Yeah. Top volleyball. gun style. Tournament. Cool, cool. Volleyball tournament. I can put that in there too. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a good thing. Volleyball tournament uh, to let's say establish the high that that pecking order, right? Establishes the pecking order of pilots. Yes. Well, I'm not just going to say pilots. I, I'm going to say um, I'm going to say uh, um, all cadets. So that there's a bigger yeah, pool of yeah. people for you to be up against. Yeah. Uh, right. For people who are watching us live, uh, and there's a little bit of a delay, if you have any suggestions, please make them in, in the comments, and <laughs> we will elevate one or pick one from there. Uh, and if not for uh, pilots, then a couple of the the, the, the upcoming ones are are going to be saints and and uh, preservation force. So throw in your ideas, whatever they are, and we'd love to hear them. Okay. I'm going to save changes to this document and then open it up to edit. So hopefully it should have updated for you so yeah. you can sort of see what I've I got so it. far. Good, good, good. Okay, cool. All right. Um, do we have one more suggestion for a pilot-related uh, theme? We don't have to. We can move forward if you want to. If you want to, but uh, I have an idea. But just in case maybe somebody comments, uh, we'll 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 leave it open. Yeah. I have one idea to pitch later on. If if not, okay, sure. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about an idea then for the subject of the saints. Now, we're taking the saints in kind of a negative, spooky direction. You know, the, the advanced super technology is out there, but it's a little, little, little weird, little uh, um, upsetting, whatever. So, do we have any suggested story ideas for that? Um, I definitely want to explore that neural link mm -hmm. part. Uh, I'm thinking that that's a little creepy mm -hmm. that when you're hooked into the neural link, your body's just like a drooling wreck. <laughs> gotcha. So what's, uh, let's see. So, so the story idea is like, are you actually completely uploading your brain out of your body? Yeah. Or is it, you know, how how could how total is this neural link? Yeah. Oh, fun. We can play with that. All right. So what's happening to your body in the neural link? I like that. I like that. Cool. Any other uh, any other suggestions or thoughts? Uh, just spitballing. What what fuels the saints? Like mm -hmm. wh what are they what are they running on exactly? That that could be a mystery. That could be very disturbing if we discover what it is. Um, puppies. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's well, a literal they say, puppy they say, they say fusion power, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little just, just grinding up. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, to some extent, there's got to be an official story for what they're running on. But, yeah. you know, are we sure that's real? And what are the side effects of it? Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. that seems a, something yeah, good. What is the hey, okay. It's dangerous side that? effects. Cool. We want to leave that one open for an, another suggestion, too, just in case. Okay. Uh, there's three for the pilots, two for the... Um, uh, oh right! One for, yeah. I mean, that's kind of if, if if anybody has a really awesome idea, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of consider this a good a good uh, uh, guideline, sort of yeah. yeah, to to help yourself uh, uh, know where your focus is. Well, let's yeah, so let's let's come up with something then for the, you know, the preservation force seen in a negative light. What what did we what do we think is a good kind of story beat for that or story? Uh, uh, what I'm looking for story. I have an idea for that actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. The, the, sure. Whoever's the head of the preservation force mm-hmm. really truly believes that it is the most important thing in the world for humanity right now. Mm. That all other considerations are secondary. Leadership of preservation force insist. Everything else is secondary. Yeah, this this is a uh, this has got some good. Let's uh, got some good Evangelion vibes, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bankrupting entire nations in order to make sure that we can, uh, you know, power our giant robots. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the so I have is <laughs> I do have my. Yeah, I like this. I have my pitch for the for the last pilot one. If we want to yeah. go with it, sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Uh, the most popular cadet in mm-hmm. our class um, passed, and we're really upset about it. Um, just, it's a thing. I think that I don't. We don't need to get any more details than that. We certainly don't need to be specific. But I'd rather him. I don't think in combat. I think he was just a very popular kid, and he passed. And we gotta, we're trying to figure out ways to honor him, ways to move on. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of us had a crush on him or her or whoever. Right. Um, on them. Something like that. Most popular kid in our, yeah. uh, our class passed. Popular cadet passed away. What should we do? Question mark. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You nice. know, I think that feeds in quite well to what's actually sort of the next step in the process, which is we start making it a world with, uh, with people. So we want to start to set up some of our cast. Now, our pilots... You know, we're going to be members of the cast, obviously. Uh, but one of the things that I think we should do is just come up with a few rough ideas for NPCs uh, that we can attach to these. The themes, the subjects are a lot more fun when you can, like, bring them to, you know, when there's an NPC who comes to you. If it's, you know, if if uh, if you're going to get, get, like, the news about something in another country, like, sure, I could have it show up on your phone. But it's more fun if I'm able to have, you know, your pal Mikey rushes into the cafeteria, you know, like uh, huffing and puffing, having, you know, having run down three flights of stairs to say, oh, my gosh, did you see and shove, you know, a note, you know, a note in front of your face. So <laughs> so let's let's uh, uh, create a couple of people that we can attach to a few of these um, a few of these subjects. Once again, this is, you know, this is you're doing my work, so I don't have to come up with this stuff later. I love it. Uh, yeah. So um, I guess my first question is like mm-hmm. you said pilots and cadets are different mm-hmm. so like what's yeah. the what's this like structure there like what sure. what are we looking at for our 
uh, age, same age peers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the, the um, basically the cadet program takes in kids from 16 uh, up to 18. And the idea is that you uh, spend that 16 to 17, you know, you spend that year from 16 to 17 trying to prepare yourself for your 17th birthday when you start doing synchronization tests to find out if you can make that neural link to a saint. And you have until your 18th birthday to successfully do so. And then you become a pilot and you're a pilot until, you know, you age out of that program. If you go that entire 17 year, you know, you hit your 18th birthday and you haven't been able to successfully establish a neural link. Well, then you, you know, either take that cadet training and go to, you know, become a, a regular soldier in the preservation force or you leave and you go back to do sort of your own thing. So cadets are kind of the 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 pool of young people around you who are also going to be pilots or who might go on to sort of treat this as military school and then enlist when they hit 18. So that's kind of the, uh, uh, that's the, the cadets are basically everybody in that pool, potential okay. pilots and, uh, and, you know, and not pilots. <laughs> mm. And so there are like also military people mm -hmm. on, on here who are around our age. Yeah, yeah, basically there are people who are like, you know, hopeful to one day be the um, you know, to be the officers in the preservation force military efforts and and all that kind of thing. They are they are also sort of mixed in with with pilots. Uh mm -hmm. it's kind of a strange collection because honestly, pilots come from all sorts of backgrounds and once you start to show the ability to make that neural link, you're going to get fast tracked in there. So even if you weren't like aiming to one day be some sort of like, you know, West Point graduate, they don't care. They want you in there because you can pilot yeah. that saint. So you're going to end up with plenty of like, you know, uh, uh, plenty of uh, punks and uh, ne'er-do-wells and so on mixed in there along with the spit and polish. I'm going to go and one day pilot a, a you know, a, a legion of robot tanks in the service of humanity types. So you, you, you get all kinds. Yeah, I like the, I like the parallels the, the world is building with, with uh, the way potentially the military works. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, so a lot of these people could be, could have been former classmates that just didn't do as well as we did. So there's a little bit of like, you're JV and I'm, you know, I like yeah. that. Yeah, there's a, there, is, there is a little bit of that, yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we, um, let's name that pilot, uh, the, sorry, let's name that cadet who passed away. So we have sure. a popular cadet who passed away. So we know that it's, it's one of our peers, it's a cadet. Um, did this person become a pilot? Or did they uh, did, did they never reach that point? Maybe uh, they died before they could reach that point. I'm okay mm. with that. I'd rather yeah. it not be like be ambiguous whether they where they were, but everyone mm. knew they were going to eventually sync up with a saint. Mm -hmm. Anybody have any thoughts on name, gender, uh, rough age? I mean, rough age is between sixteen. But somewhere between 16 and 18, you know, if they never yeah. actually made the same connection. Um, Jamie. Jamie? Is the name. Jamie. Okay. Popular cadet. Jamie. Passed away before becoming a pilot.
And I suggest Jamie be a she. Yep. Sure. Good. Jamie, she passed away before becoming a pilot. What should we do? All right. See, so we've we've made a person and attached them to one of these to one of these uh, uh, things. I want to just try and attach another person to a few more of these. We don't have to do all of them. I don't want to take up all our time with that. But uh, a few other you know NPCs you can kind of expect that I'm going to need to gin up somewhere. We're going to have your commanders. We're going to have your trainers. Those are going to be people who are going to be in your lives, whether you like it or not. The the you know the commander of the base. Uh, you are all um, you know in an academy that is aboard an Arcs. Uh, an Arcs is a flying fortress, uh, literally. It's basically an aircraft carrier <laughs> held up in the air by gigantic anti-gravity engines that you know floating through the sky, patrolling the earth, looking for trouble. Um, so you're going to have a, a base commander. Um, you're going to have some trainers and instructors who are focused in on you know your uh, 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 training to be pilots, your training to handle saints, that sort of deal. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to definitely need some of them if uh, we can't come up with anything else. Uh, are there any um, other people who we think might be important? Mm -hmm. uh, I think. Uh, it would be cool to have like somebody who sort of like they washed out of the program, but they're mm -hmm. still like, unlike a lot of people who washed out and are jealous and resentful are <laughs> is like still friends mm -hmm. with the other cadets they were around. Um, yeah. uh, I'm going to make her name Imka, I-M-K-A. Mm -hmm. Right. So Imka. She is a former, former cadet. How is she still connected? What do we do? Because we could do some fun stuff with her. Like we could say that she's now one of the physical uh, fitness trainers who oversees say. the volleyball tournament. Yes. She could be a scientist or technician who is the your your route into the world of oh, what is going on with the neural link? What what That's do we think? Better. Could, yeah, oh, what do we think? Yeah, I like yeah. the technician. Okay. I like so that Imka, a lot better. All right. So Imka has become a technician. So Imka, let me put them on the neural link. Imka, she, former pilot trainee, um, now a saint technician. And we'll figure out how she can explain that, how she can get caught up in that. See? So yeah, now when I want to have us introduce that question, we've got it. We've got a route into it. We've got this person to do that. All right. Cool. I can start making up some others. We can throw out some others as well, but maybe we should move forward so we can get your characters made for too long. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Sure. So let's move forward on that. We, we can, yeah, we can back up and throw in some other characters later to, to fill this out more. Now, one of the things I do want to remind you is that after each sort of a, a session, we kind of take the pulse of things and figure out what stories we like. At the end of a, a series of sessions, we go back to these lists and we update them and we change them and, and all that kind of stuff happens. Now, one of the next steps I have here is that we are to set up our lines and veils. Uh, we've already done that sort of offline. We've got a shared Google document where we've put in subjects that we do not want to come up in the game at all and subjects that we can have in the game, but that we want to uh, to veil, to sort of limit the exposure of. 
So we've already filled that out, so I don't need to bring that in now. But uh, everybody do, you know, make sure you've signed off on it and you're happy with everything there. Uh, I also want to point out that we do have our uh, sort of our content control tools set up in Roll20. Uh, I've got a series of macro buttons for uh, the, um, the scene change system, if we want to use that. But Roll20 has also added in a safety tools deck that includes things like the X card uh, and so on. Um, so we will have those there. I don't know if we want to, which which do we prefer? Do we prefer scene change or do we like the X card? What's uh, what's the general, the general feeling around the table? Uh, I haven't worked with scene change before. Mm -hmm. um, so we can, I, I think we can discuss off mic what exactly sure. that means so that yeah. I can give a better answer on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So we'll do that. I just want to make sure we cover those steps because, you know, they're in here. Yeah. Yep. And I've seen, I see the tools. That's really neat. That roll 20. Uh, I like the way it's, I like the way it's presenting. We haven't shared our screen right. yet, but it's pretty cool. So eager okay. to use either one that we end right. up going with. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go over that offline as well then. Yeah. All right. So now, one of the things I want to do is, before we get into characters, I'm going to sort of tweak the setting. Um, now, I sort of gave you a setup of what happened with the Legulus and the Venator and where the pilots are. Are there any things about that that you would like to shift? You know, um, it could be subtle. Like, when I last played the game, uh, I actually played it on Party of One with Jeff Stormer. Uh, there's a plug for another podcast. There you go. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we decided to play a game where it's like the very early days of Saint development. So everything was like, you know, like before the arcs had even taken off. You know, I was uh, uh, totally uh, like truly experimental, uh, you know, edge of the seat tech kind of, of story going on. Uh, but we could also say like, hey, things are, you know, settled a little more. And this is like we're advanced more into the state of the world and more of the day-to-day uh, -day life has come to ad adapt to these things being kind of like weather patterns. Like, who knows? Um, you know, and I, I mentioned in the book, if you really want to, you could set, set this in an alternate reality video game with robots made out of uh, magic goo and seashells. You know, that's that's your, <laughs> your prerogative. But do we have any thoughts on changes we would like to make to the setting or are we okay with sort of going with the boilerplate? Um, I'm fine with all, the boilerplate, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> is it all right if we like age it up just a little bit? So like you get drafted into the program when you're 18, uh, sure. just so we don't have to involve like young teenagers in this. Sure, we can do that. Yeah, we can uh, uh, we can uh, tweak tweak the ages for that. That's fine. Let me okay. make a note of that. Edit. So basically, just age everything up by like two years is basically mm -hmm. what I'm. Sure. sure. I'm not belittling that at all, but um, I do like the idea of aging. And this isn't, don't write this down. This is dumb. Mm -hmm. But if we aged it up like 30 years, so Brennan and I would be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it actually, it's your brain calcifying is what really makes it work. <laughs> See, the thing about neuroplasticity is there's a little known fact that it actually becomes um, yeah. super flexible again in your 30s, and nobody knew this before. I actually just prefer that you need your brain calcified a little bit. You gotta be really <laughs> on your way out. You gotta be like, uh, yeah, I can pilot a robot, I guess. He actually, he yeah, yeah. making their fists on giant lawns. 
the actual science is kind of shifting on that stuff. People thought that neuroplasticity was a lot more set than it actually is because people can uh, do a lot to sort of retrain their brains even later in life. But, but a lot of yeah. thought around like early learning focused on the idea of, oh, it's much easier at young ages. Well, you know, that's a, that's a, a, that's a neurology tangent. We don't need to get yeah. into that right now. One yeah. of our... Um... One of our commenters said, old man's lore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. that's actually really good. Yeah. That could work. I love that show. That cool. book. It's a book. Yeah. I listened to the audio tape. So okay. it's difference. a show to you. <laughs> <laughs> that brain show. When your brain makes a show for things, <laughs> the words are coming at you and you hear it. And then the Imagine. show comes out. The magic, yeah. the magic of imagination. Uh, yeah. Oh, imagination. Yeah, that's that's the, what um... that is. Yeah. That's the only change that I want to make to the setting. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll age people up a little bit. Yeah, we'd already done that a bit with uh, 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 this edition. My earlier edition um, of this game, this is actually the second edition of the game, for those of you who are unaware. In the earlier edition, I did have younger uh, pilots, but I just, I don't know. I was looking at media around it, and honestly, I kind of feel like really young pilots are sort of trapped in this age where interesting stuff cannot truly happen. Um, I felt like uh, I watched a lot of Cobra Kai as well, which also kind of reinforced to me that, hey, you know what, 17, that's where it's at. That's where things <laughs> get really crazy, because now not only are you still a young person with young people's responsibilities, but everybody's looking at you like, oh, and you're going to be an adult very soon. So here, have some adult responsibilities heaped on top of you. So a lot more drama to be had in the 17, 18, 19 year range, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Because now it's not just, hey, can you pilot this giant robot? And oh, also, you know, have you thought about where you're going to go to college? <laughs> are you so taking your entrance exams for college? Yeah. Yeah. Even though you are already piloting a giant robot and going to school? Yeah, but I mean, are you going to, like, at 21, are you going to go and advance into officer's school? Or are you going to, like, what are you going to do? What are you gonna... All right, anyway. As somebody who is in their early 20s, this is... <laughs> this is getting pretty close to home. So. All right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if we can keep things lighter with the idea of prom. Um, <laughs> College so prom. Yeah. So characters. Um, I've already set up some basic character sheets for you in Roll Twenty. So we'll try and go through those. They are rudimentary because I don't know how to format CSS. I'm working on that. We'll see if we can make them prettier later. Uh, but they might be able to get you started. Just a few things to touch on, uh, you know, that I do want to make sure that we know that pilots come from all sorts of backgrounds. I, you know, encourage people to make the characters interesting to them. Um, make sure that when you are approaching playing a character of a background very different from yourself, you're making sure you've got the proper respect and representation in mind for those uh, for those characters. I've got some words about that in the in the book. I think I can trust most of you to 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 get the idea of it all uh just you know be aware of stereotypes and that sort of thing uh as you design your characters for those of you playing along at home um we've already made some support characters which is my word for npc because they are supporting roles um but let's get into the pilots themselves all right so yeah pilots can have any background all you need is this sort of rare, barely understood ability to neurally link with a saint. Um, you can come from any culture, any society, any ethnicity, body type, gender. You can have any disability, visible or invisible. You know, not, none of that interferes with the ability to have that neural connection. It's this mysterious thing. So, you know, you can come from a very broad uh, option of backgrounds. 
Um, so we're going to go through the steps of making your pilot. Uh, we're going to begin by creating a basic identity. We're going to choose or create traits for the way that you act and the things that you do. We're going to decide on a hope, uh, which is you know a, a, a driving force in your life and a thing you want to accomplish. And then we're going to create some links to connect you up to other characters, uh, probably some other SCs. Then we'll you know fill in the details around you, and then we'll get to your saint making your cool giant robot. Um, so I always say the best thing to do is start thinking about a person in general. You know, uh, imagine them in motion or in action. What's an ordinary day for them? You know, how do they deal with problems? Uh, look at the the subject and tone that we came up with. Look at those themes. You know, how would you interact with those? If you want to make a character who is utterly contrary to all those uh, subjects and tone and themes that we came up with so far, you're welcome to do so. I'm going to ask you why you wanted us to do those things so much in the first place if you're then going to throw them all away. But okay, that's fine. Whatever, man. You know, I'm not you. Uh, <laughs> but once you've got some ideas, um, then we need to start picking out things that go into your pilot's record. Now, the character sheet for Tears of a Machine is basically a couple of sentences that you fill in like it's Mad Libs. I um, wanted to try and avoid math as much as possible with this edition. I wanted to try and make a character sheet that, in effect, you could memorize if you could just memorize a, a paragraph. So that's why we've got all of the, uh, uh, the different uh, um, features there in your character sheet, which might be marked out as like adjective, archetype, that sort of thing. Let me open up one of the character sheets so I can be looking at them along with you. So, oh, I see names already getting filled in. That's good. That's good. All right. Yeah, I um, mm -hmm. I have this concept in my head of just somebody who's very, like, sort of out there. Like, they're kind of weird, and they're mm -hmm. really into, like, sort of witchy stuff. That's gotcha. That's my whole concept at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. So what... um. Yeah, what you need to do, ooh, some of these are already filled in. I guess I must have tweaked the character sheet. Uh, I must have tweaked the character and it changed all the other sheets. Oh, good. Well, well, we'll we'll put that right. Don't worry. So you need a name. You need to fill in your identity. I am name. And then you need to pick your age. And your age is, you know, there's a range there uh, uh, for you to choose or how many years old you are. And then you're going to pick an adjective, an archetype, and three verbs. So the... Um, the name and age are pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the adjective is a descriptive word for the way you go about doing things. Uh, if you, this is how you like to approach every situation in your in your life. Uh, you know, anytime you can look at a situation and go to it with this direction, you know, I can do that in adjective way. Then that means one of your traits is brought to bear on the problem. So here's a list of some samples. You could be uh, aggressive. Everything is a display of power, whether it's an argument or a volleyball match or, you know, just simply standing up and deciding you're the, you know, you, you need to be the head of the line. You do so with aggression. Um, you know, brash. You just dive into every situation. Uh, cautious. You never do anything without a plan. Um, cheerful. Everything is always about uplifting other people. You know, if you're going to do anything, you're going to do it in a friendly way. Um, earnest. You know, you're eager to please. Everything you do, you're, you're going to be trying to do once again with, you know, to try to get other folks around you to kind of join in and appreciate what you're doing. 
um, intense. You are laser focused. You know, you, you, you can't work on anything if you're at all distracted by something else. Um, stylish appearance is what matters. The adjective needs to be very flexible because it's your, um, you know, your style, the way you approach situations. And so it should be broadly um, applicable, you know. Uh, when you have to approach a situation that doesn't match up with your adjective, you know, you're kind of losing an advantage there. If the person who's brash has to sneak around in the shadows, they are out of their element. And so, you know, they are deprived of that trait being a, being an asset to them. Um, I think I have a list of them actually somewhere. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes. Pilot yes. creation. Yeah. I if you look at the... Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, in Roll20, there's a, a category pilot creation, and there's a list of traits, which you could look at. I will flash it up there so that gets your attention if uh, there we are. So yeah, so here's a, a list of some some possibles. So mine already had a few of these filled in, um, which I actually like. Uh, should oh. I just leave them the way they are, or...? or replace them or do we all like do we accidentally all get the same few i think you all uh, got the same ones automatically filled in by mistake but if you want to uh if you like them you want to keep, keep those them. that's fine because i'm changing mine okay. so am i okay right. there you go then you can keep them if you like perfect so uh what are we what are we looking at for for uh adjectives who's who's thinking what um does mindful make sense or would it be more like spiritual do you think well when you're thinking when you're talking about being you're talking about kind of like someone who who takes a a, a, a holistic approach to things where you're always right. thinking out around like sort of an empathetic thought of what's going on around you or is spiritual as in you're a little more sort of detached and in your own head in your own perception of things i think uh salem which is my character's name is mm -hmm. very like you know all is one uh, mm -hmm. you know, let's take a look at this from a holistic perspective. That was a great word you use. So oh, okay. I think, yeah. So holistic is very. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you can come into a situation and you can try and attach it to the bigger picture, then there you go. There's, there's a trait that'll help you uh, to do things as long as you're doing them in that way. Good. Frank, did you, did you keep the fearless? Fearless. I kept fearless. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea that I, I've uh, uh, that uh, I like fearless as an adjective as a way of ad uh, addressing things. Mm -hmm. I have a basic concept for my character, which I was actually trying to fill out the bio mm -hmm. while we were doing this. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think Noah is going to be an orphan. Mm -hmm. uh, but an orphan as a result of uh, human conflict. So that mm -hmm. uh, at some point within the last, I guess it would be the last 10 years mm -hmm. uh, after the, um, the aliens visited us and we rejected them and all this horribleness happened, uh, humanity still went right back to fighting amongst themselves, mm -hmm. uh, probably even more so for resources and just as a, at a panic panic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he lost both parents as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So he only has the program. Gotcha. And he has nowhere to go afterwards. If he fails yeah. out or goes anywhere else, it's, there's nothing left. To, but at the other, on the other hand, he's looking at this like 
does this really matter? I mean, even without giant aliens as our enemies, we're going to rip each other apart. <laughs> so I think he has um, nothing to fear anymore. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still playing around with some of the, the, the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm going with it. Gotcha. All right, Brennan, do you have any thoughts or do you want to move on to the next bit? Uh, no, my character is brash. Brash. Good, good. I like fearless, brash, holistic. Her name is Fatima. Fatima. Nice, nice. Okay. So let's look at archetypes next. Uh, archetype is kind of if someone was going to put you in a, you know, in a clique at school, this is this is what they would throw you into. Uh, for adults, it might also be kind of an occupation or or whatever. Um, you know, it's the niche or group you fall into. Um, it's how other people might see you. Um, you know, it, it might be a career. Uh, uh, but it, it comes with sort of a field of knowledge and expertise, a, a collection of skills or abilities. And it's also kind of your way to deal with other people of similar groups, you know? Um, so this is where we get into things like the artist, the brain, the criminal, the jock, the leader, the outsider, the, the royalty, the survivor, and, you know, basically the breakfast club, you know, you just, you, we just, we just right. go through the breakfast club for the, for our originalist. And then we expand from that template. Um, yeah, but that's kind of the, the group that you fall into, uh, when people need to sort you into a category. Um, and that comes with sort of its package of, of related skills and abilities and, uh, and expectations. I'm, Definitely mm-hmm. the outsider. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. that was yeah. the whole okay. idea that I came in with. So interesting. Yes. So you're a holistic outsider. So you're always thinking about the bigger picture, but you have a difficult time working with other people toward that end. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I like that. So yes, you like to act on your own. You're uncomfortable around people. I mean, most uh, most people. All right. Cool. 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 Fun yeah, I definitely about. think in keeping with our positive pilot perspective i think the three yeah. of us are friends like we're a friend oh yeah yeah you are a, a company of pilots so you have trained together and all that sort of thing so hopefully even if you don't get along you can put it aside as 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 needed right yeah mine is pretty uh mm-hmm. obvious to refugee definitely mm-hmm. so uh gotcha perfect gotcha. So that's kind of your background. You've had to make tough decisions. You've had to survive in situations of deprivation. Yeah, gotcha. Making good of the situation I found myself in uh, Mm -hmm. and doing that as my way of addressing everything. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Um, I'm a troublemaker. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I'm always pushing against authority, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to do things my own way. Mm Mm-hmm. So anytime there's a chance to, to do something in kind of a, a criminal way or defying the the expectations, then you're going to have that that trait as an advantage for you. Good, good. All right. Now, verbs, you've got room for three verbs. Verbs are much more specific and applicable to, you know, very specific situations, which is why they are, you know, verbs. Uh, once again, you know, you want to be able to try and put yourself in situations where you can use them because, hey, you'll have the the advantage, you know, more traits applying to a situation means more dice, which means more chance of success. So you kind of want to, you know, if you can, you want to find a situation where your adjective, archetype, and verb apply so that you can get all those dice. 
Um, so yeah, we've got a we got a nice list of verbs here. I kind of broke them down into different categories about interacting with people, investigating the world, criminal acts, physical activity, all that sort of thing. Uh, one of the things I do want to point out about like fighting skills, if you have them, that means you're kind of trained outside your saint to do that sort of thing. Uh, okay. One of the fun effects of the saint is you don't need to be a martial arts master in order to throw a kick when you're in the saint. You just kind of visualize throwing a kick and all of these, you know, hundreds and thousands of neural processors and microcomputers and servos and actuators and all this stuff go to work and make that happen as best they can. So, of course, knowing how to throw a kick in your, you know, normal physical body is a help to doing uh -oh. that well. But it's not a requirement. You know, you don't have to be uh, uh, you don't have to be trained in archery for your saint to wield a bow. It just means it's better at doing so. So I I wrote down as one of my one of my uh, skills mm -hmm. lying. Mm -hmm. Do, is it better to pick something like sneaking or thieving or something that's a little bit more obvious that's listed under criminal acts or is lying good enough? Well, I mean, I think lying could work. Um, I also, I think one of the examples I give also is deceiving. Deceiving, right. Lying and cheating to conceal your intentions, you know, keeping someone unaware of things was one of my, one of my mm. suggestions for that. Um, yeah. So that can, that can be good. I think that is useful in, a, in, a, in an occasion where you have to, you know, provide a falsehood for someone. There you go. Yeah. That's a trait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so the the three traits I came up with were discovering, shooting, and um, disturbing. I think I'm really good at like unnerving people. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> like I that. Think, so I you're going to look for also be, uh, useful in other situations, like. Uh, I Good at disturb, disrupting, mm -hmm. like, uh, the van or whatever, if that makes sense. I can't wait to he hear what your, what your saint looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, that's good. I, li I like that. I think that that'd be fun. We can play with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brennan, how are you? How are you coming along? What are uh, I'm looking at intruding. Fighting mm -hmm. and protecting. Nice. Okay, good. Good. All yeah. right. So I had protecting and fighting as two of mine, but they're not, I'm not committed to it. Let me go back and see if I could come up with something else. Okay. Uh huh. Sure. You know, you don't just like, uh, um, as Rebel did, you know, if you want to suggest something not on the list, go ahead. The, the list mm -hmm. is here to help you get started with some like basic things that I think. I largely just copied out of other books in order to fill out a list, but um, you know, Right. Oh, anything mm. that you think anything that you think your pilot would be good at doing or that they do a lot. You know, <laughs> that's another way to think of it. What's something you do all the time? I think empathizing instead of protecting. Because I mm. do like the jerk that Brennan is playing being the <laughs> protector. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that idea. I like the <clears throat> the disconnect in a way. It's like uh, so mass effect, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly me in Mass Effect. Actually, I'm, I, I every every rude conversation option I take, unless it's my crew, in which case I am fiercely loyal and defensive and all that stuff. But, 
<laughs> Everybody else can go jump out an airlock. <laughs> Britain no. is playing the character I usually play. Which, yes. Uh, the <laughs> Japanese term is a tsundere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good I for actually, a game with giant robots. Right. I, I think I like empathizing, discovering, and deceiving. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I like it. There's a lot of a lot of psychology going on in there. Good, good. All right. So we've got our adjective, archetype, and our verbs. So the next thing we need to look at is our hope. This is the second sentence of your pilot's description. Um, hope is what you want most in life. Um, it's made it's made up of two parts, an ideal and a path. Uh, the ideal is a trait. So it's another thing that can get you a die. If what you are doing is a thing that reinforces your ideal or that carries out your ideal, then that's another, you know, die you can use for the action. Um, now an ideal is an ideal. It's something you can never achieve. Um, you know, it's just that thing you're always striving towards a path which is the other part of this hope, is a achievable goal or a short-term goal. And the reason that's important is because when you have a scene or an action in which you do that thing for your path, that's how you earn experience and character upgrades, by, by carrying out your path. So I've got a list of ideals as well and, and paths as examples up there too. Um, so things like bigger, big concepts here, like acceptance. I want to find a place to belong affection. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking for human connections, affirmation. You want praise and encouragement, uh, duty. Uh, you know, a strong person is a responsible person is the way I put it up there. Uh, excellence. You want to be the best freedom, uh, novelty, preservation, recognition, stability. These things can also, you know, tie into other traits. Um, one of the things I like to point out to people is I don't mind your traits really having a lot of overlap. It just means you're very focused. Um, that just means you kind of have to make sure that whenever you approach a situation, you want to try and have enough control over it that all that focus is useful. Uh, you don't want to have to defy yourself or you'll come into a situation with very few traits and very few dice to, to you know, to see to your success. Mm -hmm. so my hope uh, my my ideal is justice. Mm, nice. Okay. You hope for justice. Now, the path, as I said, is kind of a short-term goal that demonstrates that ideal. It's something you can do in a story. It's something that you can do in a, uh, you know, in, an, in a significant scene for your pilot. Um, so I have some examples of those as well that have kind of tied into those ideals. Let's take a look at that. So, you know, uh, for example, if you wanted acceptance, you would say, okay, I'm going to reconnect with my estranged sibling, or I'm going to earn praise from such and such a person. Um, you know, if you, uh, uh, excellence matters to you, you're going to get the highest score on a test or, or something like that. So if justice is what matters to you, what's something you think you can do in the short term that could demonstrate your quest for justice? That, I'm having a problem with that. Uh, oh. I, I have this idea where somehow show that I'm, I'm, that we can do more almost mm -hmm. like, 
fix a problem that isn't just beating up a monster, hmm. right? Uh, and, and the way I would, the way I'm connecting the dots in my head is that we can do more. We can we can fix the problems for the world, but um, we just need to be willing to do so. People, it's just it's just a matter of uh, want, and I don't know how to really verbalize that. I would pick like a problem that you want to solve right yeah now. all right well, you could try working it backwards that's back, what a, yeah Let yeah one back the things- on our on our traits and t- our uh, subjects and tone and attach it to one of those i think that'd yeah. be more <laughs> the volleyball tournament justice well yeah, um, yeah that, that, that's why that stuff's there to, to yeah. you know to help you think back okay how do i how do i build this web of story out of these ideas so yeah you know roll back to that uh, it also might help if your ideal seems unattainable, start from a path. Think of a scene that you want to see yourself doing and then say, okay, is that justice or is that more something else? And then that's your ideal. All right. So, I'm going to um, go ahead. Sorry. My ideal is balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, that means um, I'm, I want to show up the, the top piloting team uh, <laughs> since we're the underdogs mm-hmm. we show them up that's balance right <laughs> interesting uh, <laughs> interesting it does sound like you're reaching for something something else though in that case but uh, hmm. <laughs> which uh, what would you suggest that would be well, I don't know I don't know I mean I feel like it could play that way if if mm-hmm. you're able to gin up the situation just right so it matches then that that works um right. yeah i think you're gonna have to do more of the heavy lifting there than i am <laughs> okay. that's but that's that's fine i mean the stuff that's on your character sheet remember this is all just story ideas and i do want you to feel that you have the opportunity to be proactive um a lot of what i want to do with tears of a machine is is give you opportunity to set things up you know all this stuff on your character sheet especially your path is a chance where if we have a moment where I don't know what to throw at you, you can say, hey, I would like to see such and such happen. And we go and we have that scene. We have that that action. And the path is one that you know you want to have happen because, hey, I want to see this. I want to see this scene because that means I get my experience points. So, you know. Right. I yep. just like... I, I think I'm having the same problem as Frank, which is like the ideal I came up with makes sense for my character, but I'm not sure how to translate that into a path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I, I th- if you see that as a way of restoring the balance in the near term, then I think that's that's fine. Honestly, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if 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 your concern is look for for far too long, we have been the underdogs. We must establish balance by such and such action. Then that that's fine. That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. You just you just have to make sure that it happens. <laughs> right. All right. How else are we doing, Brendan? Um, my hope is for acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I want to get someone to tolerate me enough not to reject me. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That'll be interesting. Because I'm brash and a troublemaker, and I tend to push people away by my mm. fairly abrasive personality. Gotcha. So it's interesting because you're setting up a scene for yourself. We are actually kind of working against some of your traits. So that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah. You might have to sort of figure out how, how to do that without 
the trait assistance, but there are other ways to get assistance. Don't worry. There are right. other, uh, there are other mechanics in place to help you deal with the situation where you are, uh, at a disadvantage. Frank, how, how do you feel? Good. I think mm -hmm. I'm, uh, going to go with show that the preservation force should do more mm. for justice. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see this. There are two different ways that like the big tie in is going to be with the, the, um, our, our preservation force, the leadership, uh, of the preservation force insisting that everything that that's all they should focus on. They're the most important thing. And that's all they need to do and mm. never getting involved in any other issues. So I'm definitely going to be like, I'm always going to try to show that we can, we can fix it. We can fix all the problems in the world. Mm. If we just are constantly working and never giving up. Um, I like that. Yeah. You're going to be, yeah, there'll be some, some activism, so to yeah. speak on. Uh, 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 all right. I like that. Good. Okay. So we've got the first two sentences of our characters done. Now we need to come up with a link. Um, a link is a relationship to a specific person. Uh, this person is meaningful to you. They, they are also a trait. They are another for, you know, source of, of dice. Uh, so if this person can be in a scene with you, or if they can be closely related to a scene or something that you're doing, then that will be um, you know, of advantage to you. So uh, we need to kind of make up that person. You have to decide who they are, um, how you know each other. And that's basically what you, what you need to know. So like the, the example, uh, the example I give is, uh, uh, you know, um, name is my best friend. Name is my bully. Name is my supportive training teacher. You know, name is my absentee dad. Uh, it doesn't have to be a person you see all the time. It just has to be someone you can kind of tie into the things that you're doing. You know, even if they're, if, even if they're just a big motivating factor in your life, that can count as long as it makes sense with what, uh, what situation you find yourself in when you call upon them or call upon their memory. So let's see. Um, so far, we have created a couple SCs. We've, you know, already created uh, Jamie, the popular cadet. Right. And we've made up Imka, the former pilot trainee who's now a saint technician. So those are two people who are out there already. Uh, I am, of course, happy to suggest more names if people are looking for something specific or if you have an idea in mind, you can uh, go ahead and speak well, this, up. You know, This doesn't still... have to be a positive relationship. Oh, no, no, no. It can be it can be a rivalry. It can be, it just has to be any any kind of relationship. It could be your bully. It could be your uh you know, your, uh, uh, your best friend from high school who is now estranged, it, you know, could be, uh, any, any kind of relationship, just so long as it has a strong impact on you. Uh, I made my link with Inka. Mm -hmm. uh, I said that she is my best friend because we both struggled to connect with the saints while the rest of the class moved on. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. I've got one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raj is my enemy mm. because they are my trainer and want me out of the program. Oh, Raj Ooh. is your enemy out of the program. I'm going to add that character here. Let's see. Raj Fatima's trainer. I'm going to go collect all this stuff later. That's fine. <laughs> but I just wanted to also make note of that quickly for myself because I think that's an important one. All right, good. 
Frank, what do you have as a link, as a link for Noah? Uh, I'm going to go with, we might as well bring Jamie in. Uh, mm -hmm. Jamie is my unrequited crush. Oh, boy. I never told her how I felt. Ooh, oh, boy. Wow, that's good. <laughs> See, I thought you said you wanted positive. Now look at all the tragedy we've already dredged up. Yeah. I mean, I think it's impossible to not have some degree of tragedy when we're talking about sending young people into a military operation with the deadliest right. uh, weapons known to mankind. But, you know, hey, right. it's all part of the genre. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. We are we are nearing the end of our characters. Uh, let's just talk down the other things that are on the character sheet. Ego is your sense of self and self-importance. Uh, we use it as a resource for points, um, like, you know, willpower points in World of Darkness or, or you know, story points or whatever. You basically get to use an ego point to change the results after you roll the dice. Uh, you should all have three ego points to start. Angst is worry, anxiety, um, fears, like minor, minor inconveniences, stresses, strains. Uh, you'll start with zero of those. They are the little nagging problems that kind of build up in your mind over time. They won't really affect you directly, but when you get into the saint and start to control the giant robot, uh, saints don't know how to deal with hurt feelings. <laughs> they know two things, crushing and not crushing. And things that are more com complicated and in the middle of all that, they start to struggle with. So if your angst starts to build up, your saint is going to have a difficult time relating to you. We'll, we'll talk more about that as we get into our saints. Uh, troubles are um, the negative outcomes of situations that linger, that stick with you. You don't have any troubles at the start. Uh, if you foul up a situation, you'll come away with it with a trouble. Uh, something that's going to hound you, that's going to make later interactions more difficult, and so on. Uh, an important thing I do want to point out about a trouble is troubles are always temporary. They are things that you can put right or correct. They're not... Um, a trouble could be a chronic condition, but what that means is your chronic condition is affecting you in a way that you have to take uh, special steps to manage it, you know? Uh, but they're not kind of a, a, a they're not that kind of a, 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 a situation, really. You have no troubles because even if your pilot has a chronic health condition right now, they have what they need to manage that sort of thing, you know, in support through preservation force, medication, what, whatever, whatever it is they need, they've got right now. Uh, but when a bad situation happens, you'll come away with a trouble, a temporary condition that's going to put you at a disadvantage until you can put it right. Okay, so details is what I ask you to fill in next. Uh, a few things to consider, pronouns, what's the correct way to address you? Uh, birthday, at least the month. We kind of need to figure that out because eventually you're going to age out of your pilot's career. So if you don't have a specific birthday in mind, at least kind of think about the month so we have a, a rough idea of how many years your pilot has. Uh, each story of the game, we track that as a, a as a, a measure of time you know it's assumed each story covers a couple of weeks not exact but that you'll get about three stories out of a year of your pilot's life and after so many years they're going to need to retire uh appearance you know what are your standout features how do you wear your hair 
What color are your anime eyes? Have you modified your academy uniform with a whole bunch of patches and, and buttons? That sort of thing. You know, you've got you've got that sort of pseudo school, pseudo military academy uniform to wear when you aren't in the giant robot. Uh, upbringing, what environment did you come from? Does it have a strong influence? Any family and friends you want to call out here who you think might be important later down the line? Any special abilities you want to note about being double jointed, you know, or multilingual? Any disabilities you want to point out? Um, you know, or do you, are you dyslexic? Uh, do you use a sensory or mobility aid? Uh, so on. Uh, orientation, if that matters to you, you know, who is attractive? How is it expressed? Uh, are there hobbies? You know, anything that you want to do in your spare time? I'm kind of running down a list of things here. You don't need to answer all these questions. I just like to prime prime people's imagination with these things. Favorite food, favorite music, any quirks? You know, are you that character who is always snacking or thinking about snacking? Because, you know, anime. <laughs> Got to be someone. So you can sort of fill those in at your at your leisure. But if you want to, mm -hmm. we could also just sort of read down what we have so far for our people before we get into our machines. Uh, yeah, I think we can do details uh, on our own time before next session. All right. Yeah, if you're comfortable with that, then let's just do a quick uh, read through of each character so far. So, uh, Frank, why don't you read down Noah's character sheet and tell us who Noah is? Oh, uh, we can't hear you, Frank. I potted myself down. Oh. Uh, I am Noah X, 17-year-old, uh, so just about to become 18. Mm -hmm. Or I could make it 18 if that's better. Sorry, um, uh, we aged it up a little. Yeah, yeah. So I would probably be 19. Okay. I am, a, I am Noah X, a 19-year-old fearless refugee mm -hmm. um, uh, pilot good at empathizing, discovering, and deceiving. Mm -hmm. My hope is for justice. Um, it matters to me, so I will show that the preservation force should do more. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jamie is my unrequited crush, uh, crush because I never told her how I feel. Mm -hmm. Delete that. Um, yeah, that's what I've got so far. Cool, 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 cool. Let's. Uh, yeah, um, Brennan, would you like to tell us about Fatima? Sure. Uh, I am Fatima Shervani. I am a 19-year-old brash troublemaker pilot, good at intruding, fighting, and protecting. Mm -hmm. Acceptance matters to me, so I will try. So I will get someone to tolerate me enough not to reject me. Mm -hmm. Raj is my enemy because they are my trainer and they want me out of the program. Mm -hmm. All right, Rebel, would you like to? Uh... Give us the rundown on, 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 I had the name a second ago, on Salem. There it is. Sure. Uh, I am Salem Byrne, a 20-year-old holistic outsider pilot, good at discovering, shooting, and disturbing. Mm -hmm. uh, balance matters to me, so I will show up the top piloting team. Uh, Imka is my best friend because we struggled to connect with the Saints while the rest of our class moved on. All right. Cool. I like where we are. So now we need to decide on our saints. Now, um, <clears throat> like the pilot, the saint is described in a few phrases, uh, but you don't actually describe traits with the saints. Uh, these kind of outline what your saint does to fight and how it defends itself. Um, the saint itself is a trait on its own. As I said, it's packed full of supercomputers and, you know, uh, uh, um, battle uh 
technology and you know, gigantic weapons and all that stuff. So the saint itself is a trait. Whenever you are piloting the saint, you have that trait to use for anything, really. Um, you know, you're hooked into the, mo the most powerful computers in the world, so you can do math real good at the same time as you can kick down a building. Um, let's see. Now, uh, when you pilot your saint, your brain becomes the brain in this gigantic robot body. Uh, your own body gets stuffed into a control pod and, you know, and latched into the thing's spinal column. Um, but as a result of that, one of the things that we need to try and figure out is sort of how you um, style your body and how it, uh, how, you know, you respond to it. Uh, some pilots are perfectly happy and at home in the, you know, saint when they, they uh, take control of it. Others struggle a little bit. So we'll, we'll talk a bit about how that works out for your, for your pilot as we get through that. Uh, but one of the first things we need is we need a saint identification. You need a call sign. So this is your name. This is your battlefield name. While you are in your saint, you are referred to by this name. That's who you are while you are piloting your saint. Uh, it helps for some pilots in order to, you know, maintain a separation between being a, you know, a, a war machine and being a human being. So uh, some suggestions that I have are, uh, you know, um, birds, animals, people, other things. Uh, if you want to make it fun, add, you know, a, you know, a descriptor before that. So instead of just being, you know, raven, be storming raven. Uh, instead of just being wolf, be, uh, uh, you know, red wolf or, or whatever. Uh, you know, but I've got a couple of uh, fun examples here, like raven, shrike, falcon, or owl. For animals, it could be tomcat, wolf, spider, lion, people, uh, huntress, jester, samurai, guardian, Galahad. Uh, others could be fun stuff like Ultra, Blaze, Storm, Maverick, Cyclone, Morningstar. Uh, do we have a theme that we all want to go with? Like, it's up to do you. Do I want to be a kind of bird? Do we all want to be different Greek gods? Like, what do, we, do we have any ideas for call signs? Well, the next one is a collective name. You're going to have to come up with the name of your company which is a collective name for, you know, for the three of you together. So it's up to you. I mean, you could each do a very individualized call sign, or if you see it as being part of a, a team idea, then you can, uh, you can choose, you know, you can come up with something together. Um, what do you think? Hmm. Hmm? I was uh, thinking of naming my saint after a book I really like. Hmm. Uh, so I was going to call it Tagana. Mm -hmm. About a lost kingdom mm. that was erased from the world of the fiction in the book. So I think I'm either lost Tagana, because I don't want to... Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if I should uh, uh, you know, file the serial numbers off a little bit. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Well, you don't have to. It's up to you. Yeah. So Tagana will be my um, saint's name. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you if you like, if you want a pattern, we could try to name our saints after books. <laughs> books we've enjoyed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've got a name <laughs> for mine too that doesn't fit in the theme. So yeah, yeah we'll I just we do non-themed names. Yeah. yeah. What's your What's your name? Mischief. I like that. 
good, good. I I liked the idea of a shrike. I think shrikes are cool birds. I like yeah, shrikes. Nice. It's a good name. All right, and uh, yeah, now you need to come up with a company name, which is just the name for the three of you together. Um, if you don't have one, I'll just call you Abel Baker, you know, Gamma, whatever. Um, but you can have like you know fun descriptors. Like I've had uh, uh, in the past, I had Defiant Company be one of them. Uh, what was it? Untouchables was one in the past. But you can have different groups, like you know the Valkyries, the the Seraphim, um, the Breakfast you know. Club, the Breakfast <laughs> yeah. Club, yes. Breakfast company. Breakfast company. <laughs> I was thinking best, best company. <laughs> I don't mind breakfast club either. Um, although There's we don't quite match enough, I think, of the breakfast. Well, we, we got a weird one in a, I don't know, an, uh, an outsider. Yeah, I don't know. That you're you're, you're the, missing, missing a few of the The outsider would be the fucking the goth chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we have enough. I don't think it, I don't. I don't think it tracks good enough. Although, no. hey, use this for your game once you've successfully <laughs> kickstarted this game. Yes. Um, do we like best company? Do we have any other ideas? Or we could just do alpha. Or, or, we, or we could also think about it. The white elephant company. Yeah. No. Oh, the white elephant. Pull back. Um, it. I don't. Have any no. better ideas? Uh, so, hmm. all right, maybe that's okay. one of the ones we'll fill in uh, uh, during uh, downtime if uh, inspiration strikes, or sure. if somebody <laughs> watches uh, or listens to the podcast and and uh, lets right us soon. know that we could use totally that. awesome idea. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right, so uh, you've got your name and your company. The next thing to talk about is what how your saint fights. Now, you're going to have three pieces of gear. Um, Gear is uh, uh, gear is not a trait. Gear is actually a lot more like an ego point. It's kind of assumed that you're always fighting with the weapons you have at hand. But if you take a look at gear on the character sheet, you'll see that there's a checkbox next to each line. Uh, when you check that box, or when, sorry, when that box is checked, you have access to that equipment. If you are in a fight and things are not going well, you can choose to basically spend your gear. You untick that box, and that means you do something truly uh, heroic or crazy or whatever, like, uh, you know, breaking your sword over the head of the enemy or, uh, you know, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, firing the gun so much that, the, you know, the, the, the equipment melts or whatever. Um, so that's kind of why you have those checkboxes there. So you want to think of three components that you use in your fighting style. Um, there's a nice list of those as well. Uh, I want you to feel free to make up your own stuff if you've got an idea for a totally awesome Gundam, you know, uh, you know, layout for your robot. Then by all means, suggest those things. Make sure they have cool names, though. You know, you can't just be like, "Oh, I'm that robot that's got a scythe. It's got to be the death scythe." Um, but there are also plenty of other examples here of like, you know, your main weapon, your backup weapon, your defensive equipment. And I've included things like, you know, sniper rifles, rocket launchers, missile arrays. Um, I love that missile array. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, I love the, that missile array. Yep. Uh, giant spears, giant hammers, giant swords. Um, but then also, you know, smaller stuff like you have pistols or throwing knives or, uh, you know, knuckles that uh, uh, extend off your fist on an explosive bolt. 
Uh, but then there are defensive equipment like um, armor, you know, special specialized reactive armor, uh, shield, um, holographic cloak, jump jets and skates so you can like fly around, uh, a full-on flight unit if you want wings attached to your back. The thing to think about with gear is like a trait, you kind of need to be able to narrate or describe the situation where you can use it. Um, you know, if you've got the flight unit on, you can't really be using that on narrow city streets. So you've kind of told us, all right, I can't make use of that in this situation. Uh, you know, if you haven't given yourself a long range weapon, then you aren't going to be fighting at long ranges. You're always going to be fighting up close and personal with, uh, with the enemy, which could be just fine most of the time, but it might occasionally put you at a disadvantage depending on what the enemy is packing. So it is... A lot of it is sort of narrative or description or whatever, but just think about what options you are opening yourself up to or closing yourself off from, depending on which pieces of gear you think make up your typical kit. Anyone need suggestions? Do feel free to ask, and I can start throwing some things out there. Otherwise, you can just open up a Gunpla uh, catalog in another window and look down that until something cool uh, pops up. Yeah, so I made up my own mm -hmm. thing because uh, I like the idea of an archer. So the RTMS bow for long range. Nice. So got a long range Artemis bow. Very good. Very good. I hope people can hear me smiling. I keep looking down and realizing that I haven't been able to get my camera to work again, but um, I'm scared if I try to turn it on, something else is going to turn off. So <laughs> I've just been riding along with no camera. So I have uh, two. I took one from your list, the TMI yeah. Missile Array mm -hmm. uh, for mass destruction. I think that's fun. <laughs> and you yeah. got to get those arcing missiles or else... How is this a giant robot anime? All right. Um, and then something I created called the Shadow Gate, mm -hmm. which uh, is for teleporta teleportation through mysterious plane. <laughs> um, so I could just pop up in different locations by going through some little understood metaphysical plane of existence. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, feel free to get... Uh... Feel free to get inventive. This is the weird, the weird, this is where we get into that weird sci-fi tech. This is that strange, you know, uh, uh, bizarre super space technology. And of course, if you do want to go nice and simple, it could always just be a sword, a gigantic shield, and, uh, you know, wings. Those are good, too. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the way I'm going. So. Yeah. I got one more. I don't know if this is going to be good or not. Brain gun. Brain gun? What does that do? <laughs> it projects your mind into a remote target. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Yeah, I feel like that could be as useful as it is devastating for us. But uh, there we go. Yeah, we'll have to see how that interacts with the uh, with the enemy robots, with the, uh, the Venator machines. Because generally their brains are overwhelmed with just rage and destruction. So... The idea of being able to introduce foreign thoughts into their heads is kind of a, a an interesting interesting uh, uh, tactic. We'll see how how it goes. Uh, for my other two things, I went with the screamers, which are the throwing knives mm -hmm. uh, and the skates. All right, cool. 
Well, skates are always fun. Yeah, skates <laughs> are always fun because you can do that thing where you just sort of like hover just above the cement, just like <laughs> you know, streaming uh, uh, debris behind you. And <laughs> I had another, um, I had another mech in one of the other uh, games I played that was kind of a, a screamer specialist, where just about everything that 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 she did involved just throwing throwing knives at everything. So. Nice. Gigantic, you know, twenty foot long throwing knives that it would explode after they hit stuff. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I have a divine retribution arc generator which does lightning blasts. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh shield and our archangel wings. Good. Very good. Very good. I like that. Cool. All right, so we've got our cool stuff there. Um, other things on the character sheet include id. Now, when I mentioned we have that angst thing, when angst goes into the robot, it becomes id. When id gets too high, your saint frenzies. It, uh, yeah, the brain loses control of the saint body and bad things start happening. So we'll, we'll get into that when uh, we actually deploy. Uh, damage, you'll see damage is a checkbox. You are either damaged or you are not. Uh, when the saint is undamaged, you can use all of your Weapons just fine. You can use your traits just fine. When that box is ticked and your saint is damaged, then you can't use the saint as a trait. And you also can't spend your equipment. You can use it, but you can't spend it for extra points. Uh, when I say damaged, for a saint, damaged means the kind of thing that would knock a building down has happened to you. You know, like your, your arm has been uh, uh, whacked uh, uh, so badly out of line that you can't use it. Uh, you know, your mechanical innards are all sparking and malfunctioning, uh, all that kind of stuff, like the really the really bad stuff. Uh, fortunately, your saint can repair itself even from catastrophic damage. But we'll uh, again, we'll touch on that once we're in there. So now other thing we need to do is we need to describe your saint's appearance, your armor. Now, underneath, all saints are built on the same uh, template. It's actually a stolen design from one of the Venator robots, uh, which they named Lucifer because, of course, they did, the one that they brought down and were able to pattern and copy. So underneath your armor, all saints actually look the same, uh, which is why you customize your armor so heavily. You can decide if it's sleek and sort of cut close to you, if it's big and bulky, if it sort of reshapes your silhouette or your, you know, your outline. Um, if you weight it, especially to change your center of gravity, what, whatever whatever works for you. But come up with a few ways to describe um, describe your armor, even if that's just like the color and the rough uh, uh, idea of shapes of blocky and you know and 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 uh, militaristic or you know sleek and uh, uh, and you know and, and uh, close lines, and then also mention your helmet because again, since you are all based on the same pattern. You all have the face of a Venator um, Magnus, a Venator robot. So you all have a helmet or mask or faceplate that covers over that. So, you know, make sure to put in a detail about what your helmet looks like. Sound good? <laughs> yeah. Right. My, my armor is industrial, just mm -hmm. sort of like mass produced patched together like nice. it, as if this is this is going to be the standard uniform eventually once we get the the kinks worked out of this whole thing <laughs> um and uh, my helmet is mouthless mm. and there are bars over the eyes so they're like like little jail cells over the eyes 
I'm getting the uh, uh, vibes of like the early Iron Man suit, like the Iron Man prototype yeah, suit thing. That works. Good, good. So yeah, mine is uh, black and silver, sleek and cut close, with a skirt-like protective fabric covering the legs. Mm -hmm. And the helmet is an archaic Persian helmet with a full veil. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> uh, mine is also sleek with uh, like feather designs on it. And mm -hmm. um, the helmet has sort of like a, it's like got a beak and there's like a mask sort of shape over the eyes because strikes have like a, a color pattern like that. Gotcha. Cool. All right. And with that, we have our pilots. Nice. Woo! We've got our, yeah, we've got our adjectives, archetypes, verbs. We've got our, our hopes. We've got our links. And we've got our saints and their equipment. Cool. Wow. I'm real excited. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you for walking us through. This was actually um, interesting. It, it was cool that... I, I I had my kind of the idea for my character walking in, but then uh, going through it step by step really fleshed about better than I would have if I had just sat there and filled out a character sheet. So <laughs> thanks for that. I like the I like the way you did character creation. Sure. Just yeah, I want to I want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to kind of be proactive at sort of all stages of this game. First of all, because it's less work for me to do. But also because I do want people to have that sense of buy-in. And so I think it is good for us all to kind of walk through from the setting up to, you know, from the general thoughts of the setting down to specifically who you are in it, which I hope gives you more of a, a, a tie-in there. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Cool. All right. So we're, we're like a few hours away before the Kickstarter officially launches. <sighs> yeah. That's the yeah. 12 hours now. <laughs> Nervous? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't know. I mean, I think honestly, I'm nervous that I'm going to forget something. Like we're going to get there. I'm going to hit the Kickstarter button, start things off and be like, oh, damn, I forgot to put my address on it. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, something silly and stupid is just waiting for me to realize I forgot it. But, uh, you know, what exactly is years of a machine? No. Why did I do such a thing? Yep. No, yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, for those of you who didn't see the little pop-up on the screen, follow robotclaw.info or visit robotclaw.info for, for news on the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what's your uh, Twitter handle? Ro at robotclaw? Yes, at robotclaw for the Twitter handle. Uh, if you want to You'll get all the announcements and all that stuff tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern is when this thing's meant to go live. And yeah, then it'll be up there on Kickstarter. I'm Oof. real excited. We hope I'm, I'm mostly excited that I get to play the game. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, uh, very selfish in that way. No, uh, very excited. Thank you, Russell, for coming to uh, run uh, the, the zero game for us to, to help us with character creation. Um, I think we have a couple of things we need to do uh, in before we play the next session. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, we're ready, and I can't wait to see what these characters are going to be up to. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. Everyone, follow us on uh, Twitter at DNN Crew, uh, and follow Russell at Robot Cloth to get the latest updates. Um, follow us here on Twitch. Next week, we'll be playing episode one of our Tears of the Machine SC 
uh, arc, and I am very excited to be there. So, yay! Bye, everyone. Bye. Take care. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Dungeon Not Included. If you did, please tell a friend and leave us a five-star review and encouraging comments on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help spread the word for new shows like ours. You can follow the latest from the Dungeon Not Included crew on Twitter at DNI Crew and over at Facebook at Dungeon Not Included or at our home on the Nonproductive Network at non-productive.com forward slash DNI Crew where you can find articles, character sheets, and Patreon exclusives, as well as our latest episodes. Thanks! This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.